Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League Ton, Andy Harrison, Jamie Martindale, and the king of the hoppers, Joss Elliott. For your latest dose of all things Shropshire cricket. Okay, and welcome back to episode 23 of the Cow Corner podcast. And for this episode, it's the big one. The Shropshire County Cricket League pre-season preview. And tonight, I am joined, as always, by the man with the Birmingham League ton, Andy Harrison, and the king of the hoppers, Joss Elliott. How are we, guys? Hello, Very well, Hurley. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, since we last spoke, obviously we've had um, we've had our first taste of cricket, haven't we, guys? Great to be back on the pitch again, albeit very briefly with a bat in my hand. But yeah, very nice. Nice. And um, yeah, Andy had a birthday in your uh, first weekend of action, and yeah, probably a good time to get get out of the way. Really, uh, pre-season for me has been pretty horrific. <laughs> um, <laughs> Decided to go air miles on Saturday and I didn't really do much on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to this weekend being a bit more uh, sober, I would say. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, my, my, my body was in bits uh, for the last few days after that. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully my body will get used to it as the season goes on. But anyway, tonight in this episode, we have with ourselves a special guest. No, it isn't Jamie Martindale. It is, <laughs> it is the man himself, Matt Porter. Now, many of you know Matt Porter, but you won't actually realise that you do. So, Matt, introduce yourself. Yeah, good evening, James. Uh, good evening, Joss, and uh, good evening, Andy. Uh, um, yes, nice to, uh, nice to be on the, or invited onto the Cow Corner podcast, so thank you very much for having me. Uh, yeah, my history with uh, Shropshire Cricket, uh, well, I... Like most people, picked up a bat when I was about 10, 11, 12 years old and, uh, and got into cricket. And I was brought up in Ludlow. So naturally, uh, I play for Ludlow and I'm Ludlow through and through. Uh, one, one club 
uh, man, so to say. Um, but just, uh, yeah, so my, I know, sorry, I've not uh, quite as well travelled as yourself. I did have a brief stint with a, a university team in Aberystwyth, but that was about it. So uh, I've been with Ludlow pretty much all the time. But, uh, my roles at Ludlow is I'm the secretary of the club, but done third team captain, fourth team captain, uh, scorer, all the usual stuff that the same people in all these clubs do. They seem, the same people seem to do all the same jobs, but I'm sure we're all aware of that in our, uh, our club life anyway. But um, I think about five or six years ago, I was um, asked if I wanted to, well, not asked, I put myself forward to go onto the league committee. And uh, that's probably where most of you know me from. So um, I started off just on the T20 subcommittee uh, before eventually being asked to join the structure subcommittee and being made uh, the publicity man uh, for the league. So I do the Twitter um, and the, the fancier looking website, not the play cricket one, but I do the, the, the main website, you might call it. So. But mainly the Twitter is my role. And um, obviously now... Uh, don't know whether this is a wise decision, but appearing on the Cow Corner podcast. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> good evening to you all, anyway. Yeah, nice to have you on. Yeah. I, can I ask, are you as busy on Twitter as Mr. Hurl is? Uh, God, no. No, I don't think anyone is quite as busy as that man is on Twitter. So, so uh, he, he certainly, he does make me have uh, more notifications, certainly. Uh, him and Shelton are one of the two busiest I have to deal with. Yeah, well, I think you do a great job, actually, Matt. And obviously, running the league twitter you've been probably inundated with questions and messages as of late and uh yeah obviously being on the structure committee as well that's been a busy few months for you i expect it's been a busy couple of weeks and i must admit i'm, I'm going to um, use this opportunity to thank what happened was obviously we had the ecb um, covid guidelines came out saying that we could sort of return so uh, the executive committee which is uh, brian as uh, secretary brian kitson that is um, Gordon Smith as chairman, Jamie Dowley as vice chairman, and Mike Hall as treasurer were tasked with setting up a group. Um, so they nominated Jamie Dowley to be the head of the group. It was called the Shropshire Cricket League uh, Return to Cricket Group or something like that. And um, he asked, uh, Jamie was the chair of that one. And then also myself was put on that. Nick Broadbent as the king of the structure. Uh, Phil Parker, the fixture secretary. Uh, Mike Hall as the liaison to the clubs and Tim Barber as the umpire um, perspective on there and then me the general dog's body and publicity man uh, so that was the executive well, not the executive group the return to cricket group and um, I'd say we've had about a whatsapp group was created and we've probably had about 1500 messages between us in the last two and a half weeks it's been a bit insane wow. if I'm honest so, so when the announcement was made in March that cricket was going to shut down and not start at the start of the season, did you sort of not bother meeting up or contacting each other for a couple of months or were you still actively discussing um, the way I forward? Think, I think we, well, actually, I actually set up a group for the executive committee on WhatsApp. So um, the four lads that I mentioned previously, treasurer, chairman, secretary and um, vice chairman, I set up the group and then I left the group. Um, just so they had a means of form of communication. Uh, so the executive committee have been um, WhatsApping between themselves. I know that. And then if it is relevant for the whole committee, we're a committee of about 30 people. Right? And then Brian will email the whole committee and let us know what's going on. Um, so, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it went quiet, I must admit. And we couldn't really do anything until we knew where we stood. So um, 
and of course once the announcement came what three weeks ago we knew where we stood so we started working so pretty much everything you've read in the last three weeks has been drafted within the last three weeks like i, I don't know how else to say it really we'll probably go into it in more detail later on but the whole um having different guidelines in wales must have been a bit problematic for you Yes, uh, certainly. Well, Wales complicated the matter, and those 15 clubs that we have, or 15 teams, uh, I should say, rather than clubs, uh, 15 individual teams that we have based in Wales are equally as important to us as the Shropshire-based clubs. And uh, I don't think the Birmingham League and the other three feeder leagues obviously realise that situation. So um, that's why we are starting a week later, because the Welsh Assembly guidance was a lot different to the uh, the UK government, well, the English government, let's call it. So, so um, yeah, it, we gave ourselves more time. Uh, whether that's the right call or not, well, it's a bit late now, but uh, I think um, it just means that the Prem have to play on August Bank Holiday Monday. Had we started on the 18th of July, then they wouldn't have been playing on Bank Holiday Monday. But the lads were going to be playing on Whitson Bank Holiday Monday anyway in May, so they'll get used to it. It's one game, and I'm sure they'll make the effort. So, yeah. as 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 Joss has mentioned, we, it's going to be something that we're going to go on to a little bit later in the in the pod. Uh, but obviously, with all the rumours and all sorts flying about, how many how many different kind of versions of what you've got now have been kind of drafted in regards to structures and rules and regs and everything? Uh, well, the first thing we concentrated on was the structure, definitely. So um, we asked Mike Hall to email all the clubs to ask them to confirm how many teams they would be putting in. You'll notice there's some big towns missing, you know, Market Drayton aren't on there. Uh, Brosley Seconds were due to put a team in there, no longer there. Uh, there's Ludlow, my own club. We decided to only go for two teams as opposed to our usual three. So once we had confirmation of the numbers, we could actually start working on the structure. And in all credit to the clubs, they've been excellent on getting back to us pretty quickly. Um, and a gentle prod on Facebook uh, and Twitter got those lads to then have a word with their secretary to send an email to us. But once we had the final numbers, we, we could start playing with the different scenarios. And, um, well, Nick um, and I have done probably taken the lead role on that. Nick more than me, but uh, I've assisted. Yeah, so like we've said, we're going to move on to that in a minute. But there have been some other cow corner things going on. We continue to help you guys out with your friendlies, with the friendly requests. And we've now done about, I think, about 20-odd friendlies that we've helped organise, which has been fantastic, privately or publicly, uh, which has been fantastic. And there's lots of clubs coming up and wanting friendlies. So if you do want them, please let us know and we can push them forwards um we've started our birmingham league podcast which has been very popular so far as well so if you are someone who is interested in the birmingham league why not give that a listen and another big thing that's come out has been more cow corner merch and um something that andy and joss have seen in different parts we've got our nice little face masks which i uh, andy andy is the the proud owner of one of those and joss we've got saw one of the prototypes for the new cow corner t-shirts yeah, look good. Saw one yesterday. What did you say? I think the more of Andy's face that's covered up, the better as well, to be fair. Thank you, Joss. I, I really appreciate you uh, thinking of people's uh, visions <laughs> of my uh, lovely face. Hey? Do they come in different sizes, the face masks? They sure do. Uh, yeah, I hope they wrap around your whole head. It'd be nice. <laughs> 
Well worth it. Well, good. And yeah, we've also obviously got the bat stickers and also mugs and stuff which are ready to go out. So if you are interested, get in touch and we can get them out to you before the season. T-shirts should be coming in soon as well. So yeah, since we were last on, as we've mentioned, the league structures have been announced that we were kind of debating about in the previous episode. And obviously the rules and regulations, which we're going to go on to. And I think that nicely rounds us up into what's going to be coming up in this episode. In episode 23 of the Cow Corner podcast, we talk to Matt Porter about all of the new rules and regulations. We talk about how the league structures have been developed. We preview all of the leagues, all of the teams in the one and only Big Shropshire County Cricket League pre-season preview. Okay, so on to our first section. And as we've mentioned, uh, the rules and regulations and the league structure have been announced. And I think it's only best to start with the most recent news. And that is the new Shropshire County Cricket League rules and regulations for this season. Obviously, a little bit different considering everything that's been going on and, and all the ECB guidelines that have been announced. So I think it's probably best that we pass this on to Matt to talk us through this. Yeah, no worries. Um, well, Jamie Dowley has played the key role in this. Jamie is actually the um, head of the rules subcommittee in non-COVID times. So um, when he was tasked with being the um, COVID group, he took on uh, the rules with help from Nick and the other three members, I should say, that are on, on the group. But uh, I mean, lo- lots of things haven't changed. They are available to download from a website. I uploaded them this morning and your secretaries all should have received a copy of them. But um, basically, in terms of player registration, the biggest thing that's changed is that... Um, the Category 3 and Category 2 uh, overseas players are no are not playing, are not allowed to play in the uh, divisions. But Category 3E, which is like a student on holiday somewhere or, um, you know, on a student that's over here and stayed over here, might be able to play in one of the teams. So that's, that's the biggest change. There'll be no overseas. Uh, Sunday qualification, any club member uh, registered on the play cricket can play on a Sunday but there's a limit of four uh, that have played the previous day and they must have played in the team directly above the Sunday team. So if it was, let's say, uh, Albury thirds, you could have four second teamers. It's how in us, when we talk about structure, we've clubbed knocking thirds and knocking fourths together and madely thirds and madely fourths together. Um, they're allowed to have four of each in each side, effectively. So they can have eight players from the previous day. As an example, that's been the major group. Any player that's played six matches in the Premier Groups or the Birmingham League uh, cannot play in matches uh, in the other groups, basically. So that's to stop. Uh, that's on the weekend of the 26th, 27th of September. That's basically it, basically it really. Um, in terms of the playing format, biggest change, of course, all matches are going to be win-lose. Uh, that was discussed um, and we decided to do a win-lose. There was talk of half-win-lose draw, half-win-lose, but no. Uh, it was just felt that... Uh, uh, win-lose be far easier to sort out. Uh, biggest change for everyone, uh, apart from the Prem, will be the start time moving to 12 o'clock. A uh, bit of a contentious issue with a few clubs. Um, I know, obviously, people do work Saturday mornings, but with the ECB guidelines of um, breaks every six overs to sanitise hands and ball, 
uh, that's going to make a 40 over game, which is what we've approached 80 overs of cricket, 40 overs per side, going to take a lot longer than conventionally stating. The way we've structured the, the rules is there's no Duckworth Lewis or any of that in the Prem. So you can both, you can have a bit of common sense. The captains can go, right, it's going to rain at four. It's 12 o'clock now. Let's do a 25 overs per side match or 20 overs per side match. and get a Minimum is 20 overs per game. So you could have a T20 and know you're going to get the game in before the rain. But of course, it offers you so much more flexibility starting at 12. And the other reason for a 12 o'clock start is, of course, we're going to the last weekend in September. So the light is going to become a more, you know, more of an issue. Yeah, obviously there, we've got the 12 o'clock starts. And that's something that obviously we've had experience with lately. Well, I mean, we started at, was it one o'clock on Sunday? But it did feel like the game did drag on quite a long time with those breaks. So happy with that 12 o'clock start, do you think, guys? Very, I'm, very, I'm very happy personally. I'm for an early start, get, get to the pub yeah. quicker. Yeah. I've always well, wanted an early start and I was quite impressed with the games we played at the weekend. Actually, I thought the breaks were quite quick, to be honest with you. Um, I, I wouldn't mind a, a quicker turnaround in the middle, but it was it was good. It was really good, good experience. I think I think for me, on yeah. on, on a personal front, from my point, obviously, I think obviously something that's not going to be changed. But uh, I'd rather it be about ten overs. But that's obviously ECB guidelines. So nothing we can really do there, Joss. Yeah. So Matt, is there a set time for tea? Was that up to uh, yes, the, um... Um, we've reduced it to twenty minutes. Uh, right. Since you haven't got, you haven't got a queue for food. Uh, yeah. The umpires should be able to go to the toilet, um, have any food they want, and of course they're not standing. In theory, they're not standing for fifty overs in the prem. So the panel umpires obviously um, are doing forty overs each. So obviously, in an ideal world, you want to do half an hour, but we thought twenty minutes would be the happy, happy compromise, really. So um, yeah, yeah. tees or the interval, as you should call it, is twenty minutes. I, th- I think every six overs, I don't mind that. It's what's been decreed. It's fine. I know there's um, people at Aubrey would be happy to have a fag break every six overs. But, well, we won't um, mention any names, but I think everyone knows who they are. I'm just happy to go on the pitch. Or win lose as well, Joss. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, doesn't suit my uh, defensive game, but there we go. You'll be happy with that, though, Wand? Oh, definitely. I've always been a believer that we should play win-lose cricket all the time, personally. But, you know, I've, I've got no issue because, obviously, we used to it and played win-lose draw cricket for years. But I think, uh, I hope, well, you never know through, through this. Things might move on and in the future, um, you know, games might be reduced to 40 overs permanently. You just, you just don't know, do you? So it might, it's going to be very interesting to, to experiment, really. See, as I think I've mentioned on previous podcasts, I'm a big fan of the, the draw system. Uh, Matt, has there been any, is there any thoughts on in the future going to all win lose? COVID it has, uh, taking COVID out of the situation, it has been discussed. Mm. Um, we have surveyed the clubs in the past and the general consensus has been they're quite happy with the 50-50 split. So... Um, with my own head on, my Ludlow head, this is away from the league, our lads want to go full win-lose. So generally they prefer it. That's the Prem side. I don't play in the Prem. I play seconds and thirds. But um, when you've got a 15-year-old or a 14-year-old in the third team and they can bat out, it, bat out for a draw, they gain a lot from, lot from that and from my point of view. But I can see why win-lose is popular. It's what they see on the telly. So yeah, the league have discussed it. Uh, but at the moment, the clubs, when we surveyed them, were happy with a 50-50 split. And that was the overriding consensus. So that's what we went with. Okay, so outside of the rules and the new regulations, thank you very much, Matt. We have had the new regional groupings. So 
there was a lot of kind of rumours, a lot of discussion, a bit of this and that, all going all over the place is what's happened. But we finally got them. So the Premier Division, Division 1 and Division 2 have been split right down the middle. Then Division 3 is kind of like a central and Easter Division 3, where we've got eight of the teams from Division 3 and also Condover from Division 4. And then we've got four other teams from Division 3 find themselves in the other regional groups. So we've got Devon Valley North and Wales West, which contain those teams, which are also made up of teams from Division 4 and Division 5. And in Wales West, that also includes teams from Division 6. Then we've got South Central, which uh, consists of teams from Division 5 and Division 6. We've got North and Central, which has one team from Division 4 and the rest from Division 6. Then we've got Border, which is a mix of 5, 6, 7 and 8. And then finally, we've got Telford and East, which are Division 7 and Division 8. And those are our Saturday leagues. With the Sunday leagues, we've got three of them. We've got Sunday Central, which is majority Sunday Div 1, with two sides from Sunday Div 2. We've got Sunday Telford and East, which is two teams from Sunday Div 1 and the rest from Sunday Div 2. And then we've got a smaller Sunday North and North West, which has four teams from Sunday Div 1 and also two teams from Sunday Div 2. So... First of all, before I go to Matt and ask him about the whole procedure and we kind of look about the reasonings and the thoughts behind it, I want to ask guys on the panel, Joss, Andy, what are our general thoughts about the regionalised groups? Are you happy with it? The things that you could, you thought you may tweak or change? Well, um, obviously, I, I look at all. I'm, I'm well done to uh, Matt and the boys for sorting it all out. It's, I, I mean, looking at it all, God, it must have taken you absolutely ages to get it nailed on and finished um but i mean i mean i'm gonna be selfish and say like, from the prem's point of view i think it's come out really well um i don't think there's been any complaints and i think it's going to be a real nice um way to to you know play out a season with a the chance of being in like a final at the end I, 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 yeah well done on on that um what what are your thoughts joss with all the rest and especially yeah. the league you're in I mean, from ordinary perspective, not not like we playing first, um, the league almost couldn't have been nicer to us. If I'm honest with you, uh, looking at who's in our group, I mean, if we had Beacon, that'd be perhaps a closer fixture for us than, for example, Newtown or Chirk. But we're always going to be in the same group as Newtown because you know we're that way. So absolutely understand that. But to have Knocking, to have Pontsbury, uh, Bowmere. It's great, it's great for us, I think. I think they've done a grand job there. I do feel a little bit for Beacon because they've got a fair bit of travelling there. You know, they're mostly Telford-based or, you know, Worfield, original. It's a tough draw. It's a tough draw, that, Joss. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to have it hard. It can't, be, uh, it, can't be, it can't be easy for everyone. And, you know, I, I think, no, the league's done a great job. And Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Yeah, and it's also, you know, teams can rebuild for next season as well. You don't necessarily <coughs> need to go into it trying to win you can you know rebuild your teams give some youngsters a go so yeah it's going to be it's going to be a good campaign i think yeah and uh, mixing mixing the obviously the lower leagues all together thoughts on that guys making it all regionalized rather than following obviously splitting the div ones and div twos up just makes sense doesn't it with uh, traveling and all sorts going on i mean it's it's obviously not easy for them to organize getting lifts i mean obviously kids have got to get to games it's it's not easy is it so yeah, I think it all looks very good, personally. I, if I'm honest with you, 
people will just be happy to be playing league cricket, I think. Especially in the lower leagues, they really won't care who they're playing against, I don't think. And the less travelling they have to do, the better. So I think it's the right thing to do. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I, I, I don't, to be honest, when I saw it, I didn't have too many complaints, as Matt, Matt will uh, second me on that one. But yeah, so Matt, let's talk to you about this. Um, so obviously you had quite a few options of what you could do and where you could go, obviously. I mean, um, one, of the, one of the questions you must have had is, at what point do you stop uh, separating divisions by East and West or South, kind of like you've done with Division 2? And um, kind of who goes into what group? How, how tough a decision was that? And what was the kind of thought process between the league committee on that? Well, it was a tricky one because um, I played it slightly differently to Nick. What you see there with Nick and Division 3, Central and East, that's more Nick's baby, that was. I saw it differently at first. And Nick convinced me that what he said was probably the correct way to go. Um, my plan was we had um, Division 7 and Division 8. I think we had nine teams there. So my plan was to make that the nine-team division. But Nick stumbled on the fact that they are third, seconds, young teams, and they are going to need to be carried to the ground separately by parents. Do we really want parents from Quat driving all the way up to Church seconds and hanging around in North Wales all the time? So Nick decided, he looked at the tables, and Division 3 is a good division to do the weird, you know, let's call it the weird league, Division 3 Central. All Brighton, that's a, that's a first team, probably mainly men. Church Aston, mainly men. Harpers, mainly men. Um, Wheaton Aston, mainly men. Rochester and Uppington, all people that can drive. Condover, all people that can drive. So we looked at that and we thought, well, it's not ideal, obviously, to split Division 3 up because that was a pure 12-team division. All the 12 original teams wanted to play in that division. But geographically, and based on sort of the age demographic of that group, you might argue the case of Wellington thirds or Wem seconds, maybe, Newport seconds, but there's six teams there that are probably mainly men and can drive themselves to the ground, or women that can drive themselves to the ground. So that was one of the thinking. And the geography of the area, you know, you've got the M54 cutting through it all, um, Telford and Shrewsbury, A41, decent roads that you can get around quickly. Uh, I suppose that the one that's out on the limb is Wem, probably, but a trip down the 49 and turn left onto the 54, they can soon get to those grounds fairly quickly. So um, that was our thinking on that one. Um, in terms of divisions one, sorry, Prem to, to two, like you said, that was a dead simple ge geographical split. Obviously, Prem, you've got Allscott, though, um, and Wellington. We didn't know which, which way to put them, but we thought we'd put Wellington in the Mike Robinson group and Allscott in the other one. Um, so you could, they're so close to each other, you could have had it the other way around, you know. And I remember Carl Stakes, Carl Starling on Twitter saying, oh, we're going to drive past Wellington, or Wellington are going to drive past our club three times to get to the Shrewsbury Bay clubs. But we thought, well, all Scott lads in theory can just pop down to Wenlock and Cressage and get down to the, the Bridge North Road fairly quickly. So that was our thinking with that one. Um, and of course, the Division One split, yeah, you could argue with Beacon um, being placed in that group, but um, they are the most easterly team of the westerly lot if you know what I mean so I'm, I'm afraid that was just the reasoning behind that one but they've got the M54 and the A456 or 458 on their road they can be in Bridge North in it's 20 miles I'm a Ludlow boy so um, you know I'm going up to Fortin with our seconds that's 45 miles so that's uh, <laughs> I'm used to traveling but um, you know I think that that's yeah that was probably the hardest one to 
to, to the hardest call on there. Um, with regards to the Division 2, Coondells, uh, Mirmonte, Oswestry, Sentinel and Shelton, Shrewsbury and West, it works well, doesn't it, really? And then you've got East and South for the other half. Mm-hmm. Um, the other groups, I think Joss pretty much nailed it on the heads. I don't think the, the relevant standards between Division 4 and Division 6 are probably negligible in terms of the standard that at this time of year, kids on holiday or families away on holiday. So there's not going to be a massive difference between those. And Div 7 and Div 8, we've tried to get those together as much as we can uh, with the geography. But I, I suspect there's going to be a, a much massive difference between Maidley seconds in Division 3 or Quat seconds in Division 4. So, um, you know, much when like Mike Fidder grieved there from Division 5. But, you know, what a great local derby you've got there. Wenlock, Brosley, uh, Maidley. They're all pretty close to knocking down that Seven Valley. So um, that's quite a nice group. I think. Um, the North Frankton, um, you know, they're probably the strongest out of those lot. But you just go with the geography, really, on this. Mm. And, and Nick has been superb at this, in all fairness. So Nick Broadbent must take a lot of the plaudits, sort of input from myself and Jamie Dowley. Um, and, um, but yeah, uh, the, the biggest brainchild we've had, um, I've sent James what I was proposing to do with the Sunday divisions. I was going to split Division 1 straight down the middle, if it had been me, and do that geographically, you know, northeast, southwest, whatever, and have Sunday divisions driving um, third and fourth teams around with parents and Wellington fifths. You've got to consider all that into, into the action. So I think what Nick's come across with, you know, play each other once and then have the Scottish football style for that works a treat. And, um, uh, he, he's a genius at it sometimes he, he comes up with these ideas and you think oh yeah that's a really good idea so yeah obviously we do feel bad that Division 3 Central and East are only going to get 8 games of cricket as opposed to um, the 10 but uh, there is obviously nothing stopping any of those teams organising friendlies on their Sundays or their, you know so if they want to get more cricket in they certainly can I mean obviously grasshoppers will inevitably be available for games I should imagine and there's teams like Acton Scott that might want to play and some of the other teams that might be a bit more keen. Ludlow, uh, we, we are have a Sunday team and we'll be looking for games. So um, by all means, send us an email if you're one of those clubs, if you fancy a trip down to uh, the south of the county. I was, I was actually going to ask, going back to the end of last season, um, how much discussion there was around your double promotions and, and the decision there was a lot of made discussion. there. Did you get a lot of grief? Yeah, we did. We've got a lot of grief, but... Um, my only defence on that is because my my home if the rule we have on structure if your own team is involved or your own club is involved then you have no vote so for in terms of the double promotion of Chelmarsh into Ludlow's division Ludlow seconds division I had no say on that but um, um, yeah it was contentious but we looked at the club situations and they they absolutely stormed the league um, and Nick came you know proposed it and it was the committee agreed it you know it went on a vote and. It's done democratically, and the, the members of the structure committee voted for that to happen. I don't think anyone's argued with the Wem seconds, though. Um, but them going from what was Div five to Div three. Um, yeah, well, I played against you know, the Broby seconds. They were far too good, far too good for Div one. Yeah, and of course, it'll support their Birmingham League first eleven a lot better if their second team are in Division three. So, um, yeah, I completely yeah. agree, and I think it goes back to something that you said. I think between Division four and Division six, the difference in standard is probably marginal kind of thing I think yeah I think you think any team from Div 4 could give a team from Div 5 a good game and vice versa and probably the same from Div 6 going back to obviously this year's groupings um, at any point did the standard of the teams make a difference in 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 groupings in regards to kind of like you're talking about Allscott and 
Wellington kind of in which division they're in and Beacon in which division they're in? Did, did it ever cross your mind as in, well, this team is stronger, this will make a nice group? Or if we put that in that team in that group, then they may be, you know, they may struggle or things like this. Obviously, Hodnett, I, I noticed Hodnett, Pe- Peplo and Tiberton, a team who kind of struggled to get uh, players towards the end of the season are put in a group with um, teams from Division 6. Um, well, the Hodnett one, yeah, that would certainly be a, a good argument for that. Obviously, they did struggle the previous year in 2019, so letting them have a bit of regrouping session wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, with regards to the all-spot slash Wellington thing, I don't know the, the full workings of that, why the split was made. I, maybe that was one of the reasons. You know, if you look at those divisions, Quatt and Werfield are looking like the favourites in the Clive Smith. Um, that's what everyone's saying. Uh, from what I've read on Twitter. And if you look at the Mike Robinson Prem, you've probably got Wellington and Whitchurch looking like all the two strongest. Maybe Sentinel as well will have a good push. I said maybe Sentinel will have a good push as well. Mr. Well, they will. They will. <laughs> so <laughs> I am, I'm not disputing that. Um, you know, you could argue that. But maybe, you know, but, oh, I don't know. Uh, as I say, it was made. The decision was made. Everyone voted for it and we went with it. So um, the... Um, I think the biggest winner, obviously, is that some of the localised teams are going to be so happy, like that kind of having such a local group to them, um, you know, not having to travel the many miles that they do. Um, I think it's going to be a discussion for the future about regionalising Shropshire. It's huge. It's, it's a massive county. It really is huge. Um, so it's something we might have to discuss about. If we, in lower team cricket, is it worth looking down the regionalisation route uh, if it becomes popular? So I think it'll be... Um, um, Intriguing to see what happens with um, Yeah, it would definitely definitely be interesting to see how that pan out and how that would affect everything. All right, so here we go. Here we're gonna get started with it. Here's the moment everyone's been waiting for. We are going to do the preseason preview. We're going to preview every division, every league, every team. Here we go, starting with the Premier Division. The Premier Division. Okay, and the Premier Division. So, as we mentioned on the previous episode, the Premier Division has been split into two. We have got the Mike Robinson Premier and the Clive Smith Premier. So, in the Mike Robinson Premier, we've got Frankton First Eleven, newly promoted, along with newly promoted Shelton First Eleven and Shrewsbury Second Eleven. Then we've got Premier Division stalwarts in Sentinel, Wellington and Whitchurch. And in the Clive Smith Premier, we've got Olscott First Eleven, who amazingly survived at the end of last season. Matt Porter's Ludlow First Eleven, Maidley First Eleven, Newport First Eleven, and then the two big boys, Quatt and Werfield. So, given all the pre-season that's been going on and some of the results and also some of the information we've got about the clubs... Andy, if we changed our minds on what we think may happen in this group, and for those of you who haven't probably heard, what are our thoughts on what will happen in these groups? Uh, to be honest, not not too much really. I, you know, I don't really look at friendlies and and, and really think they make much of a difference. Um, I hear that Beacon had a really satisfying win in a T20, I think it was in the end against uh, Maidley, uh, which is great for the club. But Maidley had a reshuffle and only had a handful of first teamers, but. Um, looking at the teams, I just can't look past really in the one group, the, the Quat and, uh, and and Warfield. I, I think it's going to be a really interesting one with them two. And uh, we've spoke about it before. Um, I, I think it's a th- actual three-horse race in the in the one group. But I think there could be a couple of surprises with uh, the likes of Shrewsbury. You, you don't know what they're going to do. Um, 
but it's going to be interesting, as I say, I think a lot of the clubs might try and rotate, maybe give a few youngsters a go. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an, an interesting group, but I'm not going to change my mind on what we said in the last pod. Um, I really think uh, there's three in the one and two in the other who I, I think will get uh, to that finals day. I've heard Magley have been busy recruiting. I don't know if that's true, but um, well, they, well, we we look out for. We did. I think we spoke about it pre-season. They had um, a handful of new players. I did see them netting. I was quite impressed with a few of the batsmen. Um, but obviously, the likes of Whitchurch. I mean, Whitchurch. They've signed a fair few lads, and obviously getting Maz in as well. There's some impressive signings, and again, Wellington. They've signed uh, three or four off the top of my head that I know. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Obviously, not having overseas going into the Birmingham League, you know, they re- not relied on a pro, but the pro has been their little, uh, you know, concrete in the team in the last few years. So, without a pro, it's going to be interesting. So, you know, we'll see. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll soon find out starting Saturday and see how the teams get on. It's going to be a very interesting day. Yeah, so in the Mike Robinson group, obviously, if you didn't listen to the last one, we predicted with Andy that Sentinel... Wellington and Whitchurch would be the favourites in that one with Quat and Warfield in the Clive Smith. Um, but yeah, obviously we've heard in recently Shelton struggling for players, Andy. Uh, well, I, I don't, I don't, well, I, I talked about uh, Dominic Bradburn coming back to Sentinel. Um, so he's left and uh, there is a, obviously they're not rumours, but we've heard uh, that Harry Jones might struggle because he, uh, he works on the, the golf course. Um, on the, he's a green keeper, and unfortunately, he will be uh, missing most of the season by the sound of it. And uh, there's a couple others as well that I've heard uh, might not be playing, but uh, trust me, Shelton have got a great bowling attack, and I really look forward to playing them Saturday and, and see what they can do. And they've got a lot of good youngsters there, so you know they're a team that are going to look at this season and say, right, we may as well progress a few youngsters and look at next season. Next season's a big season, really, being realistic for, for clubs like them, I would say. Mm. And moving into the Clive Smith group, obviously Newport are going to have to fill the fill the boots of Maz, who's left uh, who's left them, which is going to be well. Do you think that's going to be a big loss to them? Well, you only have to look at stats, really. Um, I'm a bit of a stat man. I like looking at the stats, and you know, a, a person that scores as many runs as him per se- a season, you've got to uh, replace them. And if you don't replace them, you never know what's going to happen, do you? But again. You know, over the years, they've had some good youth, and and youth is the future, isn't it? Of every club, mm. you got a good couple of youngsters come through, give them a chance. You never what they're going to do, do you? So, yeah. Frankton in the other group looking to obviously build on their promotion last season. Uh, All Scott Heath on the other end, kind of a team who just avoided relegation, will also be looking at this year as another chance to to build forwards. Definitely, yeah. Both both clubs. I mean, you look at you look at Frankton. They've been there before. They've done it before. They're, they're very similar squad, really. I haven't seen many big changes there. Obviously, they normally get an overseas over, and that's going to be a big loss for them as well. Um, you know, not saying again they rely on their overseas. I'm not saying that at all. But you know, the overseas makes a big difference. Um, but again, I think a few of their lads, the likes of uh, Wilkie, uh, Jordan Parry, you know, it's another test, another season to improve as a cricketer. And Allscott, I mean what they did last season we, we keep mentioning it they were just brilliant uh, last. and they've recruited which is massive every club needs to recruit uh, and again you know the youngsters the, the likes of Jack Case who we saw on Sunday batting he batted very well um, you know people like him 
go into clubs like that, you know, it's another year for him to develop. And next year, you never know how good they're going to be, do you? And last but not least, and I'll leave this one to Matt to talk about, Ludlow first. What are your, what are your thoughts on Ludlow moving well, forward this season in the season? I say we're fairly quiet in... Well, we have obviously been quite quiet in the pro um, season. Ludlow is geographically a sod. Um, it's hard to attract players. We don't lose players very often, but it's hard to attract them uh, based on where we are. So we looked south generally. Uh, we looked at Hereford. Um, I know we've signed a lad from the Marches League uh, who plays in Division One of the Marches League. The Marches League is uh, is a non-feeder league. It's just its own league in Herefordshire and um, sort of the Welsh border. But Jack Stockdale's come over. Uh, he's a good-looking uh, promising player. We have lost James Kinder to to Bridge North. Uh, James is in the Shropshire County Ooh. Cricket uh, Club setup, and uh, I think uh, Ian Rowe is both the coach at Shropshire and Bridge North. So I think he's had a sort of word with James. Can you come and play at Bridge North? So uh, obviously he needs to play a higher standard. So it's sad to see James go because he's a Ludlow boy. Um, didn't he score a ton? A at, didn't he score a ton at Sentinel last year? Yeah, he scored a ton, and that's where Ludlow beat Sentinel. Um, he did impressive. really well there. Impressive. Uh, Luke impressive got batsman. 50 odd with him. But it's about time that some of the other lads stepped up, like Luke Miles got 50 at Sentinel that game, and Luke had a poor season last year. Mm. Um, there's quite a few there, Sam Roberts as well, who, who's got plenty of potential. Uh, and we've got lads who are all sort of 18, 19. Josh, I think our eldest lad is our captain, and he's about 30. So uh, we are a very youthful team at Ludlow. And that's just because of the job attracting players is hard. But we, as I say, we don't lose players very often. But we do have to bring it through the youth. We're, we're trialling some second teamers in the first team. I think Ollie Leggett, uh, who had a great season for our seconds last year, is coming into the first stab of bowl. You know, what's the worst that can happen? He's 15 and he has a he's 15 or 16 and he has a bowl. And you can see how he gets on in the Prem. Mm. And the same with... Um, uh, Jack Conliffe, who's a promising Herefordshire uh, player, um, he's coming up and um, he's only about 15, I think. So it's it's another great opportunity for us to blood this blood these ewes because there's nothing on it. If they win, they lose. It's not the end of the world. So I was going to say it's 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 definitely the season if you want to do that to do that. And obviously, by the sounds of it, Ludlow's setting themselves up for good seasons to come. Obviously, blood in the youth and obviously still competing at a decent level. Yeah, without a doubt. That's always been the policy, is that uh, we want to try and get as much homegrown talent through as possible. Um, obviously, we have the overseas. Well, we didn't have an overseas for the last three years. We had Rule Brathwaite, who's uh, uh, English qualified now. Um, so, But uh, he's not. Um, he's settled down into family life now and uh, doesn't want to... We, we, we didn't want to carry on with the services and he didn't want to play anymore. So it was quite a mutual agreement, that one. Um, we did have an overseas lined up for this year, but obviously that's that's fallen through. So we do we do that mainly for the coaching role. Uh, they coach our 15s, 13s, and 11s, as well as the newly formed under 21s or under 18s that are competing in Shropshire. That was the plan. They were going to be coaching all the coaching. But obviously that that's fallen through. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a novel season. And from a lot with my Ludlow hat on, well, we'll see what happens. We can we we can beat teams uh, that are. Stronger than us. In 2017, we came second overall. So, you know, if you have a good season where you all gel, it's amazing what you can do. Okay, quickly going round, going round the Zoom. uh, I want one team from each group of the Clive Smith and Mike Robinson who's going to win it, and one team to look out for. So, not necessarily a team who may win, but someone who you think may may do surprisingly well. And uh, I think we'll start with Andy. 
Okay, from uh, Mike Robinson Group, I'm going to go with Sentinel. And the ones to watch out for, I'm going to go with Shrewsbury. And the Clive Smith? Uh, I'm going to go with... Ooh, I'm going to go Quat. Uh, and the ones to watch out for... Uh, I'll say Maidley, the ones to watch out for. Joss? In the Clive Smith Premier, I'm going to back Quat. And I think you need to look out for Maidley. So for the Mike Robinson Premier, I think Wellington to win it. And the ones to watch out for, I think St. Hill will be up there. Okay. And Matt, who are you going for? Well, uh, Mike Robinson Prem. Um, this is with my Ludlow hat on. Obviously, I'm neutral in terms of the league. But, so with my Ludlow hat on, Mike Robinson Prem, uh, the, the winner will be, in my opinion, uh, Whitchurch. And the ones to look out for, I think Shrewsbury seconds. I think they'll surprise a few with the uni lads back. Uh, Clive Smith, because uh, I'm an idiot, Ludlow are going to win the league. <laughs> back your own. <laughs> back my own. And the ones to look out for are quite, I hear they're quite average. So um, let's <laughs> see how they can get on. <laughs> uh, I love it. Ha, 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 ha. Well, we're all playing against them. <laughs> I, don't, I, I won't be playing, but I will have egg on my face. <laughs> for what it matters, I'd go Whitchurch. I think Maz is going to make a massive difference to them this season. His runs, I think, are going to be massive for them. And I think uh, I agree with everyone else. I think Shrewsbury's first 11 have strengthened, which will only mean that their second 11 will also be strengthened. I think they'll surprise a few. And in the Clive Smith Premier, ooh, it'll be a toss of the coin between uh, Quat and Worfield, but I'll probably say oh, Quat. And uh, yeah, why not? Let's go for someone to surprise everyone this season. I'll go random and I'll say I think Ludlow are going to do well. Good man. <laughs> right, okay, now we'll move on to Division 1. Division 1. Okay, and in Division 1, we've got two groups, again, split regionally. We've got the John Rees Division 1 and the Peter Byram Division 1. In the John Rees Division 1, we've got the mighty Alberbury First 11, Bowmere Heath First 11, Chirk First 11, Knockin, Newtown and Pontsbury. In the Peter Byron First Division, we've got Beacon First Eleven, Bridgenall Second Eleven, Shifnell Second Eleven, St George's First Eleven, Wellington Second Eleven, and Werfield Second Eleven. So, obviously, a division that we haven't kind of gone through um, as of yet, um, and something that's pretty brand new. So, initial thoughts on the divisions there, Joss. Um, well, as I mentioned earlier, I, I think I can speak for most people at Albury. We're very pleased with the division we're in. Um, some really tasty fixtures there. We always have a with Pontsbury. Newtown, there's, there's a lot of rivalry between us and Newtown, but they're a good bunch. It's always fiercely competitive. Chirk, a bit of an unknown quantity. It'd be nice to play them. You know, they did well in Division 2 last year, so let's see how they get on Division Up. That'd be good. Birmingham obviously have come down. They'll have a point to prove. I know they've lost, they've lost Tom Ellis, um, but they've still got some big names there. I think, they'll be, um, I think they'll be up there. And in terms of the Peter Byron division, some big teams there, big teams there. I think Schiffel seconds would, I'd back Schiffel seconds. Beacon, as I alluded to earlier, I, I feel for them a little bit, but um, I understand Matt's reasoning of why they're in that division. Um, Worfield seconds, I've played against them many times in the last few years. They always surprise me how strong they are, so I would never write them off. Equally, Wellington 2s promoted last year, I think. They're, they'll be good. Mm. St. George's first down from the 1s on the last day of the season. Again, point to prove. Strong division that. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think obviously in the Peter Byron group, as you've said, you've got St. George's who have come down. He'll be having a point to prove. Then you've got Schiftel second eleven, who were probably the strongest team left in the Division 1 from last season. Um, they'll be coming up against, obviously, Beacon, who, as we've said in previous podcasts, have really strengthened as of late. Um, and then, obviously, you've got the new sides in Wellington second eleven and Warfield second eleven, who... You know, obviously being second 11s if will be strong, dependent. And again, with Bridgelaw second 11, probably the weakest of the teams who were moved into the Birmingham League last season. But again, if their first 11's been strengthened and they're strong, you know, they're going to get players who are going to come in. And it's going, it's going to be tricky in that division. And in the John Reese Division 1, obviously, Alberbury, yeah, very happy with that, I would assume. Obviously, Beaumere Heath coming down there and the Cherka side who were coming up wanting a point to prove. But yeah, knocking Ponsbury, going to be teams that Albury would always be looking to mix around. And obviously Newtown are going to be wanting to be up there, but obviously losing Dave Laird, that may be a big loss to him. What do you think on that, Andy? Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with uh, with that. Looking at them leagues, like the both of them, um, it's, it's quite interesting, actually. It's going to be a really interesting season. It's uh, going to be really good from the outside looking in. Uh, obviously, St. George's, they're going to be an unknown side to me because they've lost so many players. Um, also, you know, obviously, Boma Heath have lost a few players. But, um, yeah, looking at it, I feel sorry for Beacon in the one group. But, you know, this it's, it's going to be really competitive in both, both groups uh, looking at this, yeah. Definitely going to be interesting. And, obviously, some tasty fixtures that are going around, obviously. We've, it's def- I think the main thing I'm going to be looking out for is how Chirk do and how these the relegated teams do and the newly promoted sides get on against these uh, sides who I think in Division 1, the teams who are left, probably you'd say barring Schiffnall and probably Newtown, if they put it together, are kind of teams that you'd expect to see there now and again from now on, really. Um, it'd be interesting to see how those teams m- merge and give us an idea of what's to come in Division 1 next season. Yeah, and um, it'd be interesting to see how Ponsford do, because I remember last year, they got off to an absolute flyer, didn't they? I think they were, they were top of the league after five or six. Um, I think they've lost a couple of young lads, but they'll still be strong. Um, I think they've got a couple out for their first game, which is against Oldbury, actually, on Saturday. But um, if you've got Steve Wilson, you've got Mike Bellamore, you've got Owen Morris, they're a good, they're a good 11. I'd like, I'd like to see them pushing at the top of, top of that. John Reese Division One. Mm. Well, I think Newtown, even without David Laird, can't write Newtown off. I think they'll be strong. Yeah, definitely, completely agree with that. So, going around, going around the Zoom again. What are our predictions? Who, who do you reckon are going to be at the top end, and who do you reckon are going to be? Who you're looking forward to seeing how they do? Uh, I can see Aubrey winning. And I'm looking forward to see how Aubrey do. <laughs> Very democratic of you, Joss. And in the Peter Byram? In, sorry, that was in the John Reese. In the Peter Byram division, I will back... Shifnal seconds, but I think one to look out for is Werfield seconds. Interesting. Matt? Uh, John Reese. Uh, so I think who's going to win that league? I'm going to go with Newtown. There's always strength there. And uh, they play really well at home. Um, with regard as the one to look out for, it's Chirk, in my opinion, up and coming. And uh, they had Andrew Swarbrick uh, in their side, and he's uh, a good player. I'm intrigued to see how they get on in Division One. 
being an ex-North Wales Prem side. Um, with regards to the Peter Byram uh, division, you can't really write off Schiffnell seconds as a contender for the winning the league. But those Worfield second lads are hungry as well. One seconds. Um, I just I, I know their first team are fairly strong. I know they've acquired quite a few new players at Bridge North first. So inevitably their seconds are going to be stronger. And they haven't got a third 11 on a Saturday. So any lads that could play third slash seconds. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can go up into the, um, the seconds and potentially strengthen them. Okay, and Andy? Yeah, looking at the John Reese Division 1, um, I'm going to go with Boma Heath to win it. Um, I just think they've got enough strength at the club even though they've lost a few players. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good chance to win it, win it, win it and, and sit at the top of the table again. Um, and the ones to look out for, I'm probably going to go with Newtown. Um, I, I never, I haven't played Newtown for a while now. And even though they've lost Dave Laird, I think they've got enough there to, to really work hard in that group and, and win a lot of games. Uh, in the Peter Byram, I'm probably going to go with, I'm going to go with Warfield 2s. Um, I think Warfield 2s are going to win it and I think the ones to look out for are St. George's I'm going to go with uh, nice. I just think they're an unknown package really so I look forward to seeing the, uh, the derby between Chirk and Newtown <laughs> <laughs> every episode well, so is, guys. Oh, you know what I mean it's <laughs> not going to make that is it <laughs> it will it will it will <laughs> okay in the John Reese, I'm going to go for you know what? I'm going to go for Pontsbury. I think Pontsbury are going to win that league. I think they're strong. I think they're going to push on this season. I mean, despite, as we've mentioned, losing a couple of youth players, I think they'll want to prove a point. And uh, yeah, I think they've got enough to push themselves over the line against those teams. I think it was a toss-up between them and Beaumont Heath. And yeah, one to look out for in that group. I'm going to go with Chirk. Uh, I think for a lot of the reasons Matt said, they're a team who are, uh, Took Division Two by storm last season. Yeah, and as an ex North Wales Prem team, that that'll be interesting to see on that one. In the Peter Byron Division One, I can't look past Shifnal Twos. I I think they're going to be very good ones to look out for. I think you would be looking at the promoted sides in Wellington and Warfield Twos, but I am going to put my neck out the line, and I think the Beacon are the one to watch in that division. As uh, uh, apart from Shifnal, I think they've recruited well. 
I think, you know, a lot of those sides, they've, they play on good tracks and going to Beacon's definitely going to be a leveller. And also it'll be interesting to see if they can, uh, if they can raise their performance at the better standard uh, pitches that they'll be playing on. And with the better players, I think they're my one to watch. Also, I would be interested to be uh, actually to be honest. I'd be interested to see how St George's do because obviously, despite losing players, still going to be strong. St George's. Anyway, now we move on to Division Two. Division Two. Okay, so in Division Two, again split into two. We've got Shrewsbury and West and East and South divisions. In Shrewsbury and West, we've got Kunt First Eleven, Ellesmere First Eleven. Montgomery first 11, Oswestry second 11, Sentinel second 11 and Shelton second 11. In the East and South Division 2, we've got Chalmarsh first 11, Forton, Lillishall, both first 11s. We've got Ludlow second 11, St George's second 11 and finally Shifnal third 11. So, first things that are jumping out to me, Shrewsbury and West, you've got both relegated sides in Kund and Ellesmere joining, well, Oswestry and Shelton, who are tight sides who have come up into Division 2, along with Sentinel Seconds and Montgomery Firsts, Andy. Yeah, interesting looking group, actually. And uh, I do know from uh, being a Sentinel player that our twos this year are looking phenomenally strong. Uh, looking a great side with a few new signings we've got. Obviously, my ex-club couldn't. You know, it'd be very interesting to see how they bounce back. Uh, after after being relegated, I know they're a bit gutted, but I mean, you know, maybe they are where they should be now, and it, we'll see how the season progresses, really. Um, but yeah, again, the relegated sides are the ones to look at uh, to see if they can sort of obviously not bounce back up, but if they can prove they are too good for that league, and maybe next season we'll get promoted again. Mm, and uh, an ex Division One side in there that we know quite a bit about, Joss in Montgomery. Yeah, I was just thinking. Um... Be interesting to see how they get on. I know they've lost. Uh, they've lost uh, Johan Griffiths. Uh, we're very grateful to have him at Alberbury. Um, they may have lost one or two others. Um, Kund, I know Kund have lost a couple as well. In fact, I think some to Sentinel. So that could be a bit of a, a tasty fixture. Um, looking down, yeah, I, I'm with Andy now. I think Sentinel twos are going to be um, the one to look out for. They could uh, could do a job. Yeah, so couldn't have lost uh, Pabble and uh, a, f- a few others, as you've mentioned. How big an impact do you think that's going to have on Kun this season? Uh, well, I think, to me, their biggest loss is, is Jack Case at the top of the order. Quality batsman. He, he played for me on Sunday. Uh, you can see the class there. Uh, I hope he does well at all, Scott, but he'll be hugely missed at Kund. Hmm. Uh, I understand Kenny Heyman might stay for the... For this season, I don't know how true that is. Instead of going on to Newtown, I don't. I don't think the uh, registration form has actually moved. Um, right. So I think I think he's still signed on at uh, at Kun, To be honest, I think he is putting it on hold. He's bloody transfer um, has got a lot to answer for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Callum Marsh, another one that's gone, gone across to Sentinel. And obviously, if Shelton's second eleven. Well, if Shelton's first eleven of you know going to be. Missing a few players, that's obviously going to impact on their second. So it's definitely going to be interested in that group. 
In East and South Division 2, we've got the double-promoted Chalmarsh First Eleven, who caused, well, they themselves didn't cause controversy, but obviously their decision to be moved up did. Um, Fortin's First Eleven, uh, Lillishaw First Eleven, Ludlow Second Eleven, Shifnal Third Eleven, and St George's Second Eleven. So in this group, obviously, we've got a few sides who were there and thereabouts at the top end of Division 2 last season and obviously a couple others who have moved up. Um, so, Matt, we'll come to you. What are your thoughts on that with uh, Ludlow being in that division and obviously well, having a part on Chelmarsh moving up? What do, you, what do we think about this division, East and South? I had no part in Chelmarsh moving up because I wasn't allowed to vote on this division. <laughs> uh, but uh, but um, from a Ludlow standpoint, well, yeah, we came up from Division 3 as third team as the third-placed team. So, in theory, we are the weakest of the promoted sides, but we actually beat both. Um, uh, we beat Shelton, tw- I think we beat Shelton, and we narrowly lost to Oswestry. So, I, I, there's probably not a lot in it between those two. But um, Connor Glendinning, he's going to score runs. It's, I, I, I think I was fancying Shelton to, to certainly hold their own in that division without a doubt um, as I say I, I flick, flick between the seconds and the thirds for Ludlow so um, I've played some of these teams um, but Chelmarsh a good unit you know talking of unit they got Andy unit he can soon hit a few runs and they got uh, Connor's going to score runs all day so uh, and there's some good they've had a few lads back from Highley I think um, Elliot's come back I forgot what his surname is but he's come back for them I actually bumped into Andy unit in much Wenlock uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, uh, but uh, I know Schiffnell thirds are playing all their games. I think on the main pitch, there's issues with Western uh, Parks. They've applied. They've asked if teams are willing to play on a Sunday at uh, the main ground. So I think Ludlow has certainly said yes to that because we fancy playing on the main ground. That'd um, be amazing. On Sunday, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's going to be great for a lot of these teams like us to get to go and play at these um, these mm. better grounds. Um, I think and, uh, also looking at that group, you've got Fortin and Lillishall, who were two teams who were, well, they were the two highest teams who didn't get promoted out of Division 2 last season. That'll be interesting. Yeah, the keeper, at, uh, the keeper at Lillishall is really good. Ollie Todd, I think it is, is um, a good batsman. So um, they're certainly not one to be um, written off. Uh, they're a first team, those two are, Fortin and Lillishall, as well as Chalmarsh now. So... It's it's going to be hard to, for the second and third team in that division to um, to, to to beat them, but it, it's uh, God knows. I, I honestly, I'm going to clue how that's going to go. But if I stick my neck out on the line once again, Ludlow seconds will win the league, and uh, and ones to watch out for. I have no idea. <laughs> right, then. Um, saying, eh? all right then, and uh, for Shrewsbury and West. For Shrewsbury and West, I think... Oh, I played I played against Montgomery two years ago and they're a strong side at home. Uh, they know how to play that pitch uh, really well. Um, I opened the bat in and that wasn't very nice, but I got a few runs, but it's, um, so they're a strong side. And X Division 1. Um, so I fancy Montgomery to do good, but Oswestry seconds. And I know their first team's lost a few, but they, they won the um, Junior Cup last year. Uh, they won Division 3 and they won the junior slam so they're a good unit as well but I think maybe a lot of those might have gone into the first 11 now I'm not quite sure so it's as I say we're opening that one but judging from what Andy says with Sentinel they're certainly going to be there and thereabouts he sure will so um, he seems to get wickets all the time Pete does and um, 
and he even gets runs now. That's the embarrassing thing, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, Josser, uh, Shrewsbury and West, and then East and South. Who are your picks? So, for Shrewsbury and West, I think Sentinel seconds um, with, I think, hot on their tail, Monty first. Um, if they've still got Aaron Ruffcock, um, there was talk of him possibly moving on. I don't know how true that is. The feast are with them. They're going to, they're going to be up there as well. And in terms of Eastern South Division 2, I'm going to put my neck on the line and say Charles Marsh. I think because, as Matt alluded to, Connor is a prolific run scorer and I think he's going, to, he's going to carry on. And I think you'd have to look out for shift all threes for me. Mm. Andy? Yeah, the Shrewsbury and West, I'm going to go for Sentinel, of course. I think they're going to absolutely hammer the league, personally. Um, and then I, I'm going to go with Oswestry as well, um, as well as Matt. Um, I think they could do very well. Um, and in the East and South, I'm going to go with Lillishall, I think. And then I'm going to say the ones to look out for, I'm going to go Ludlow Twos, because Matt's good, uh, Matt. telling me how good they are. <laughs> no, we're crap, but you know it's good of you to go for us. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 well, to be honest, I can't disagree with a lot of what you said. I think in Shrewsbury and West Division Two, I think Kund Ellesmere have they lost players? If they, if they can hold on to those players, I, you, you can't look too for, too much further than them. But I do worry that they may have lost some players, which may affect them. I think my money would be on Monty. Monty first, I think their first eleven, like we said, if they can put it together, if they have, if they don't lose Aaron Ruffcock, I think they'll be very good. I think the one to watch in that group is going to be Ulster Street Twos. I think they blitzed Division Three before. I think if their first team aren't taking all the, haven't taken a lot of their players, I think they're going to come in and shock a few teams in that. I think in East and South Division Two. Again, I, I think it's going to be a toss-up between Forton and Lillishall. I'll go with Lillishall based on last season. And yeah, I think one to watch, you're going to have to watch out for Chell Marsh. They're going to be the one that people are going to be looking out for, especially teams who've gone down from Division 2 last season. will be very interested to see how the team who are double promoted do in that division. But again, it's Division 2, both of those leagues are very evenly matched. I think it could go any way with any of those teams winning it, any of them coming bottom. It, very interesting. It's going to be well, it's, it's, it's the one to look out for for me. Anyway, what we'll do now is we're going to move on to Division 3, the Central and East. But what we're going to do now is we're going to do these a bit differently and we're going to do a quick summary and then we're going to discuss afterwards. So here we go. Central and East, Division 3. Okay, and we move into Central and East, Division 3, which contains Old Brighton, Church, Aston, Harper's, Wheaton, Aston, Roxeter, and Condover. Also, Newport, second 11, Wem, second 11, and Wellington, thirds. So, in this division, it contains eight of the 12 Division Three teams. The other four uh, spread across Seven Valley, North and Wales West, as we mentioned before, and one Division Four side, which is Condover. The division contains relegated Old Brighton and Roxeter in this group. I think Roxeter are going to be looking to make a point in here. We've also got the double promoted Wem second 11. I think we can all vouch that Wellington thirds are looking strong this year and are uh, also the highest ranked team left in this group from last year's table. This 
group also contains newly promoted Wheaton Aston, who will be looking to contend. And the rest of the group is made up of teams who are at the lower end of Division 3 last season. So, yeah, guys, uh, just general takes on this. What are our thoughts? Who do we think are, are teams that you'd be looking out for? Obviously, Joss, we, we played against when second eleven last season. We did, and, and they were strong and deservedly double promoted, uh, in my opinion. So I think I think they'll be strong. But having played Wellington thirds as recently as Sunday, they also look very good. You know, they um they beat us and they had so they had some good batsmen. We only mm. saw five of them because we only got three wickets. But I think I think they're ones to watch out for. Um, yeah, definitely. Rock, I hope I hope Rocks to bounce back because they they they're a big club, mm. uh, and I hope they they um bounce back up. Yeah, always always be interesting. I play Church Aston. They look a decent outfit. They've got some really good batsmen in that side. And obviously, we used to play Harpers as our original pre-season, but obviously didn't get to this season. Wheaton Aston having moved up, I think I think they're going to be strong. They've got some good players in there, you know, Nathan Whittingham and all that lot. And obviously, we played Condover last season, and they've still got players who used to play for them in Division 1. So they are going to be strong. Yeah. Um, and all Brighton, all Brighton down in Division Three. You know they were prem not that long ago. Mm. I'm sure they've still got some players that can do a job. And Matt, what thoughts on that one? Uh, yeah, well, the first thing you got uh, from a league point of view, we had a lot of emails from um, Church Aston and Harpers. Harpers ground is not available because they play on the university, and the university for, forbid it. And uh, Church Aston, the bow ring is not available. So I think they're playing their fixtures at a combination of Rochester. And possibly uh, there's another club local to St George's. I think they're going to use the third eleven pitch. More details will be sent out to those teams uh, by Mike Hall, just to keep you aware on that. Uh, strong, yeah, I think you're right. Rochester certainly. Um, they, they um, as you say, will have a points prove uh, mainly to the league. Um, and then you've got, as you say, uh, the strong reserve sides of the bigger clubs, uh, Wem uh, and uh, Wellington certainly. But uh, I think, yeah, what you guys have said is pretty much the case. Picking out the teams to, well, who are looking to challenge and ones to look out for, I'll start us off. I reckon, ooh, I don't know, it's going to be a hard one. I think looking at Wellington third eleven, I think they're going to be strong. But I also think one, I'm going to pick two ones to look out for. I'm going to go for Wheaton Aston and I'm going to go for Wem second eleven. Joss? I'm going to Wem seconds to win it. And I think all Brighton first to look out for. I'm going to go for Wem seconds to win. And the ones to look out for, I think, will be Rockstetter. Very interesting. And uh, yes, so now we'll move on to the next groups, which are all about regionalised groups. Seven Valley. Okay, so now we move on to Seven Valley. We've got Maidley second 11 and Willie first 11. We've got Brosley. We've got Quat second 11. We've got Trisel and Sizedon and Much Wenlock, Joss. Yeah, so Willie are the highest ranked team, I believe. Uh, they haven't just missed out promotion to Division 2 last year. Maidley seconds, promoted from Division 4, just behind Telmarsh and Wheaton Aston. So they'll all be looking to make a point. Um, Quat relegated will also be one and two. Um, Prove that they shouldn't have been relegated. You've also got Brosley. You know, played against them last year. They're top six players. A match for anyone, you know, playing well below their level last year, in my opinion. Uh, Trisol again relegated. They'll be hoping to get a full team out. Much Wenlock, they've got a very good opening bowler. 
um, a couple of batsmen. Uh, they'll be looking to um, prove people wrong, get a few shocks going. Yeah, definitely. I think, obviously, as you've mentioned, we played Brosley last season. They were very strong. I think they'll do very well in this league. I think they'll shock a few people. And obviously, yeah, like you said, Willie were the highest ranked team. Unlucky not to miss out last season. And much when who we played, who are the lowest ranked side in this in this division. They may find themselves a bit hard done by, but, you know, I think they've got, got a very good opening bowl in Oliver Piggott. And they've also got um, some good batsmen in there. So I think they, they've got a good chance of uh, holding their own in that division. But yeah, definitely, definitely going to be tough for them in that one. So who are our picks, guys? Who do we think? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for Willie. I think that they're going to be up there. Yeah, I'd agree. Willie uh, haven't got, got a second team either to field. So if they ever spread the players a bit more evenly, then obviously those lads can come into the first, the ones that they wanted to boost the seconds a bit. And the same with Wenlock. They're not supporting a second 11 anymore. So they've got the full club to select from. So they might surprise a few. But yeah, for me, it's it's Willie to win the league with a close eye on Brosley. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Willie to win the league there. And I think Brosley are the one to look out for. And yes, now we'll move on to the North group. The North group. Okay. And in the North division, we've got Frankton second 11, Kai Glass first 11, Calverhall, Iscoid and Fens Bank. Acton Reynolds first eleven and Whitchurch second eleven. So in this division, yeah, quite a lot of teams who are of a, of a similar standard. We've got Frankton second eleven who are the top seed, but finished the place above relegation last season. But they are joined by four teams who were all mid-table uh, last season. And Kai Glass, who was second from bottom in Division 4, and were lucky, to be honest, probably not to get relegated. They are also joined by Witcher second eleven, who didn't have the greatest season last season. But if rumours are to be believed, they are going to be very strong, with some first eleven players dropping down to help the team move up the leagues and start competing and get closer to level as their first 11. So, guys, quick summary on that. Who are your picks? Well, I played against Witcher seconds last year, uh, home and away, and they were like two completely different teams. When we played at our place, they posted over 300. I think two of their batsmen possibly got tons. One got 90, and they absolutely annihilated us. And then at their place... Different kettle of fish, and we won there. But if they're going to be strengthening, I'm backing them definitely. And uh, one to watch out in that league? Uh, Frankton seconds, I think that'd be decent. Good club, Frankton. And Matt? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with her, but I'd swap them around. I personally think Frankton seconds will win the uh, that division, and I think Whitchurch seconds will become the ones to watch. The game I'm most enjoying for is the opening game, which is going to be the Broadbent versus Dowley match. So uh, that's uh, Ness's Mr. Broadbent versus Mr. Dowley in the uh, Kai Glass versus Iskoid match. So mm. we get the head of the rules versus the head of the structure. So uh, <laughs> from a neutral standpoint, that's the one I'm uh, looking forward to. I know Jamie Dowley's daughter is a big fan of the show. She does listen. So uh, big oh. shout out to her. So, oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. oh, that's so, nice yeah, to hear. Big shout out to the Dowley family. Hey, hello, Dowley family. And uh, yeah, Acton Reynolds, a team that obviously Andy and you, Joss, have had quite a bit of involvement with over the years. Uh, you'd be hoping for their first 11 to do well? Absolutely, absolutely. Still got, still got a lot of good friends at Acton Reynolds. In fact, I was meant to play a friend against them on Saturday, but it was rained off, unfortunately. But um, Andy and I both, both still play. Um, 
So yeah, I've got some good friends there. A.E. Hudson can still hit a ball, do a job with the, uh, hit a, do a job with the ball as well. So uh, I wish them well. I hope they do well. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously friends of the podcast, Calver Hall in there, uh, hoping they do well. But yeah, I think we're we're probably looking at Frankton, and just to be different. I'll get, I'm going to go and pick. I'm going to pick Calver Hall to be the one to watch there. I think they've got some very good players, and if they all turn up, they're going to be kind of like a team to look out for. I think they could, on on their day they can put a, a very good performance in. Andy in the North Group, any teams that you're looking out for there? Well, in the, in the North Group, um, James, I think uh, I, I'd have said Whitchurch Twos would be um, a fairly strong side, and obviously. Uh, like you just mentioned, me and Joss are, are very fond of uh, of Acton Reynolds, so I hope they do well. Um, yeah, and Frankton Twos look, you know, could could be the ones to watch as well. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that's great. Let's move on to Wales and West. Wales and West. Okay. Yeah. And Wales and West. Now, Wales and West is a is well an eclectic group of teams from Division Three, Four, Five, and Six. In that, we see Welshpool, First Eleven, Bishop's Castle, Gillsfield, Planidlois, Newtown, Second Eleven, and Montgomery, Second Eleven. So, <laughs> the Wales and West. Welshpool were relegated from, Del- Welshpool were relegated from Division 2 and will probably be very clear favourites in that group that contains Division 5 and 6 teams. With Div 4 team, uh, Bishop's Castle having finished third from bottom last season, Gillsfield, a team that are newly promoted, um, will be looking to obviously make a statement. Uh, Newtown's second eleven did well, but didn't set the world alight last season. But obviously, been well, Newtown they've they've always got the opportunity to do well. And Monty were recently relegated, and Lanidlois were promoted into Division Six and want to prove they're still a big team. And obviously, a lot of uh, pride out there for the Welsh teams and. Uh, Teams who will be wanting to show that they can still do it, guys. Yeah, obviously, um, uh, Welsh Welsh clubs are always uh, fired up for games, and I, I've always enjoyed playing against the Welsh clubs. I mean, going back a long time ago, since I've played against the likes of Lanid Lois, but uh, Newtown are always a really a really tough opponent, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure this group will be a fiery good group, and it'll be uh, all about uh, local pride, won't it? Yeah, definitely. And uh, Matt, your your thoughts on this division? Who you, who you're going to be your ones to look out for? Well, clearly, Welsh Paul are probably the favourites. I feel sorry for Bishop's Castle because they're effectively representing England, so they're always playing England versus Wales in that in that group. But uh, um, yeah, Welsh Paul would be uh, my tip for the group, and probably are the ones to watch out for. I think will be uh, Bishop's Castle. Nice. Yeah, I think in that group, Welshpool ones are going to be the favourites in that. I think, you know what, I'm going to go ones to look out for. I'm going to go Gillsfield. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they get. No, actually, I'll change it. I'll go for two. I'll go Gillsfield and Lanidlois. I know I'm cheating, but uh, that's totally fine for me. So I'm going to go for those twos to be ones to look out for. Be very interested to see how Newtown Second Eleven do as well. Joss, your picks for Wales and West? Yeah, so I'd also go with Welsh Paul. I think they're too strong for anyone else in that division. And I'm going to say look out for Newtown Seconds. Played against them last year. They're a decent outfit. Look out for them. But uh, good luck to all the Welsh and West teams. And let's move on to South and Central. South and Central. Okay, so in South and Central, we've got four Division 5 sides and two Division 6 sides. We've got Beacon Second eleven. 
We've got newly relegated Church Stretton. We've got newly promoted Column. We've got Wellington 4th 11. And then we've got Oscott 2nd 11 and Shrewsbury 3rd. So from last season, obviously, we've got Church Stretton who were relegated and uh, Beacon who were the highest ranked team in Division 5 last season. So you may look at them as being the two big, well, the two ones to watch out for. But then obviously... Heard good things about Colin, but and you can never write off any team that are from Shrewsbury Cricket Club. What are our what are our general thoughts about this division, guys? I, I, I agree, Colin. I think they are strong. Obviously, only formed a couple of seasons ago. They've started very well, promoted last year. And I, I play indoor with a couple of the lads from Colin. They are they are tidy cricketers. They'll be wanting to prove a point, so I'm backing Colin to um to be up there. Wellington Force also can be um if they turn up, they can give in the game. So they're my two picks from that division, Colin and Wellington Force. Andy? Um, yeah, um, I think he's just pretty much nailed it there. I think Colin are going to be a very strong side in that league. But I'm going to say favourites, I'm going to go with Beacon. Um, I think Beacon have really developed their team over the last few years. And I've, I've got to say, some of the players that play in their twos, I think, are very good players. So, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with them, a mix of experience and youth. And Matt? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Beacon seconds to win the league and Column to be uh, a close uh, runner. And I'll go the reverse. So I'll go Column and I reckon, well, no, I reckon it's going to be Beacon who are going to be up there and my ones to watch out for. I'm going to go with Shrewsbury third eleven. I think there's always a good chance and you never know. Right, let's move on to North and Central. North and Central. This one sounds like a, a tube. Okay, and North and <laughs> on North and Central, we've got Hodnett, Peplo and Tiberton, who are the one Division 4 side, and then the rest of all Division 6 sides in Acton Reynolds 2nd 11, Beaumont 2nd 11, Coton Hall, Harcourt, and Lillishall 2nd 11. So, initial looking at this one, you're looking at Hodnett, Peplo and Tiberton as obviously the team who were, well, they were relegated from Division 3 last season. Uh, but again, can they get a team together? Can they get enough players out? And if, if they do, you would assume that they would be favourites in this group. Then you're obviously looking at Acton Reynolds 2nd 11 and uh, Harcourt and Beaumont Heath, who all finished around the same area um, of the division last season. And then you've got Coton Hall and Lillishall, second 11, um, who were both sides who um, finished at the top half. Well, um, they're both sides who finished at the top of Division 7 last season. So we'll be coming into this season with a lot of kind of confidence. Um, so again, a division probably you'd say outside of Hod, Nick Peplow and Tiverton, if they can put it together, um, where it's going to be quite tasty uh well i, I played a lot low thirds versus coton hall we thrashed them at our place but i think our lads got thrashed by them up at their place i don't know uh many of the other teams i must admit hodnett and Petlow. um it's hodnett and Petlow now tibbeton have suddenly have been dropped from that ah, okay so um uh, that's why it is listed as hodnett and Petlow no longer hpt cc which it was for a while um I always thought that was unfair. Unfair if you were, you know, you're playing three villages versus one side. It was a, it's just not <laughs> on. It's a harsh. Uh, yeah, no idea on on that. It's a free for all, if I'm honest. But uh, um, yeah, well, I, I like to wish Acton Manor well. One of my yeah, well, they, Hope they have a good season. Mm. Obviously, I'll, I'll be interested to see. Obviously, Lillishaw with a runaway team in Division Seven. I think they'll be, they'll do well. I think 
if if Hodnick get the team together, I think you can't look past them. And yeah, I, I'm going to put it out there. I reckon that Lillishaw second eleven are going to have a good performance, and I think they're my they're my one to look out for in that group. Andy, um, I'd, I'd be quite interested to see how Bo Mahik seconds get on. To be honest with you, um, depending on how many players they've lost, I think Bo Mahik for a always a good club first and seconds and the only other one I really look at and you know wish them all the best is uh, Acton Reynolds seconds as well obviously we have links with the club as I say with Joss and uh, I wish them all the best and hope they're uh, hope they push on and do well okay fantastic and we move on to our penultimate Saturday group which is Borders Borders okay and in Borders we've got Alberbury second 11 and knocking second 11 both teams from division 5 We've got Ponsby second 11 from Division 6. Then we've got Church second 11 from Division 7. And then the final two teams from Division 8 being Kai Glass second 11 and Welshpool second 11. Now, without being biased, I think you can't look too far further than Alberbury and knocking two sides from obviously the highest division. And oh, I don't want to jinx it, but obviously Alberbury being the highest ranked Division 5 team outside of Church Stretton who were relegated from Division 4, You'd probably say you'd be looking at that, but on another standpoint, some tasty fixtures, some local derbies there with Ponsbury, Knocking, Chirk, Kai Glass, Welshpool, all in and around, obviously, the border region. What are our thoughts? Well, I'll go to you first, Jossa. Well, once again, uh, the League of Don Aubrey, a massive favour there, in my opinion. It's, it's a great, great looking uh, league for us. I think, you know, we've got Knocking and Ponsbury for our ones, we've got them for our twos as well which is great. Um, Chirk, not that far away. Welshpool, we're halfway there where we are. And Kyglass, I've got some good mates at Kyglass that I play Sunday cricket with. So I'm really looking forward to playing that division. You never know, I might even get double figures in one game or two. Um, <laughs> and, oh yeah, I think you're right. I think we'll be up there. I'd like to think we'll be up there. Look out for Ponsby seconds. Yeah, I agree with that one. And uh, Andy, what are your thoughts on this board group? Uh, yeah, to be honest with you, obviously, because it's a mix-up of uh, a few divisions, it's going to be an interesting one to see how some of the teams cope in it. I think, uh, looking at them, I think I agree with Joss at the end there, saying po- about Pontbury seconds. Um, I think they're quite a strong side, so I, I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, I think knocking a really pushing as a club I think they've done a massive rebuild at the club and I think they've done a really good job so I think they're ones to watch out for as well but obviously Old Breed they're favourites but it's going to be interesting I'd like to see what Chirk Seconds do as well so I'm probably going to go with favourites there Old Breed and the ones to watch Pondsbury Matty Matt yeah it's no brainer to me the top two Old Breed Seconds and Mocking Seconds that's going to be the uh deciding factor but Chirk's on the Chirk as well so you know you can drive up do the drive through and then pop the Chirk seconds as well happy days. Uh, so um, so happy days for you guys anyway but yeah um, nice that you guys get to play first and seconds in Albury and just because I'm on a show with two Albury players I will say knocking seconds are going to win the league <laughs> Oh, you had me all then. You had me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I I couldn't resist. (laughs) You know what, though? I'm going to, you know, Alderbury, from what I've heard, we've got a lot of players who are interested in playing across the teams this season, which, you know, would be a good sign. But I know Alderbury way too well. Um, So in in that regard, I'm going to go for knocking second 11. And I reckon Ponsbury 2 is definitely going to be a team who are going to be up there 
I reckon they're going to be one to watch. And a team that my captain, uh, Ed Roberts, is interested in looking out for is Chirk's second eleven, a team who uh, did well last season, um, newly promoted. Um, and yeah, I think they're going to be one to watch. It's going to be interesting to see how, how they do um, in that division. And um, yes, now we'll move on to our final Saturday division, Telford and East. Telford and East. Okay, so in Telford and East, this is just made up of division seven and eight sides. So we've got Old Scott Heath, third 11. We've got Quat, third 11. We've got St. George's, third 11. We've got Old Brighton, second 11. And we've got Forton, second 11. And we've got Lillishaw, third 11. So obviously in this division, from division eight last season, you've kind of got Old Scott who came third. And you've also got... Lillishaw, who came fourth in Division 8 last season. So you'd probably be looking at, well, Lillishaw to be the best of the rest in the, of the Division 8 sides. Old Brighton and um, Old Brighton second 11 struggled a bit last season, if you're going by, by that regard. Obviously, Fortin being the side relegated uh, from there. So, But, yeah, it, it's a division where, you know, Division 7 and 8, is there too much of a difference? It could be very interesting there. Uh, who are our picks for this one, guys? Um, well, um, I don't know a great deal about, obviously, the Division 8 teams, but I did play a few third-team games for Ludlow, and I played against Quat thirds, and they're not a bad side, actually. Uh, so, based on the knowledge that I really only know about Quat thirds, I'd say Quat thirds are the ones to watch out for. And I, uh, it's, it's between those, those, those three from Division 7 in my eyes. So. Mm. Joss? Yeah, I think with these big clubs, you, you've always got to look out for them. I mean, no disrespect to the ones I'm not mentioning, but Quat and St. George's, both very big clubs. Um, I'd back Quat for those six. And want to look out for maybe Fortin, maybe Fortin seconds. Mm. Andy? Yeah, I'm just going to stick with what the, them boys say, really. The big bigger clubs have bigger squads. Um, so I'm probably going to go with Quat as well. And I'm probably going to say ones to watch out for, I'd say maybe Lillishaw, because I've, I've seen a lot of their youngsters coming through, uh, especially on the indoor scene. And uh, there's some good players there. So, yeah, that's, that's as far as I know about that league. I don't know a lot about it. Yeah, well, I'd say obviously Quat. Quat are going to be the team to look out for, for me in that division. And then uh, I think you're looking at also all Scott Heath thirds. They're probably going to be the top. To look out for, but yes, like we've said, any team can be any team, and that rounds up our Saturdays. And now we're going to move on to the Sunday divisions before we wrap up the whole episode. The Sunday divisions, okay? So, with the Sundays, as we've mentioned, we had Sunday Division One and Sunday Division Two, which have been split into three divisions. We've got Sunday Central, Sunday Telford and East, and Sunday North and North West. So in Sunday Central, we've got Alberbury third eleven, Kund third eleven, Ponsby third eleven, Sentinel third eleven, Shelton third eleven, Shrewsbury fourth eleven, and then the two Sunday Div two sides in Beaumont third eleven and Column second eleven. So things to look out for in that division. You've obviously got Alberbury, Ponsbury, and Sentinel who will be looking to be in and around it, and you've got newly promoted Shelton as well in there, and alongside Sunday Division 2 sides, you've got the new column, second 11, and you've also got Bomehe thirds who will always be looking to uh, 
put in some competition in there. So thoughts on that Sunday Central group, guys? First thing that jumps out at me is the complete lack of travelling our boys are going to do there. So once again, fair play to the league because um, I think Bowman Heath probably the furthest away. I think James Lee will be very happy with that. Um, and my thoughts, I think, I think Column Seconds are going to do quite well, if I'm honest with you. And I think Central Thirds could be a dark horse. And I'd like to think Albury Thirds will have a good season as well. Andy? Uh, again, uh, looking at Sentinels squad this year, I think Sentinel are, are going to be a good side. Can never look past Shelton. Shelton has got a real good squad and some good youngsters. And uh, I couldn't, obviously, this is effectively their second team. So, you know, I, I would have thought they'd got a squad that could, could probably potentially do quite well in that league. So, I'd say Kunda the ones to look out for, and I'd say Central will go on and hopefully win the league. Mm. Yeah, and Matt? Uh, yeah, I think what you guys have already uh, stated is pretty much the case. But having played against a few of these teams many years ago, Shrewsbury Force, a uh, surprise package, um, amazing. Um, you can get uh, the public school boys uh, playing for them on a Sunday, and they can be, um, they, they can be pretty good. However, they might not have been at school with the corona, so they might have gone back home early, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, Andy makes a good point. McCoon being the only that being their second team effectively because they haven't got a second Saturday. So, uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's pretty uh, open. Shelton Thirds were strong last year, so it's. I say it's going to be a Shrewsbury team that are going to win this, or a Shrewsbury-based <laughs> team. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think. Alberbury are going to want to be up there. I think Kunz, well, second team is it is will want to be up there, and obviously Sentinel and Shelton are going to be up there. And uh, yeah, I genuinely think it's a it's a cherry pick. You can pick any of those sides. It's going to be very tough um, to pick one, and it's definitely going to be something that's going to be very interesting going through the season. But yeah, I'll go for Kunz again. Obviously, effectively their second team, and you know what surprise package? I'm going to go for Shelton thirds. I think they're going to be strong and. They're going to be one to look out for in that division. Uh, also, something interesting is teams who have only put two teams in or only put one team in. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how they manage because I don't think we've ever been so popular for the first game of the season with teams to play for. Yeah, there'll be some... Um, so I know so if, they're, if they're playing for their thirds, they could, they could set that division alight, to be fair. Mm. Okay, and now we move on to Sunday Telford and East, which has two Sunday Div 1 sides, which is Maidley 3rd 11, and then we've got Werfield 3rd 11, alongside Sunday Division 2 sides, Bridge North 4th 11, Childmarsh 2nd 11, Lillishaw 4th 11, Maidley 4th 11, Newport 3rd 11, and Wellington 5th 11. Now, Werfield third eleven being the main team in Sunday Shropshire cricket for the last few seasons, and Maidley finishing having finished mid table in Sunday Div One, clear favourites I would say in this. And then I think it's pretty much also runs between the other Sunday teams. I think you can't, you know, you look at the big sides like Bridge North, Wellington, to be, you know, possibly Newport thirds to be the other sides that come across interesting to see how new Chelmarsh second 11 do new to the new to the structure um thoughts on this one Matt uh well I think you stuck the nail on the head there with Werfield third with that act. uh yeah dominant haven't they been in Sunday Div 1 uh for many years and obviously they are paired in a group with 
six Division Two sides, which is probably far from ideal, but that's geography for you. So um, we did our best with that one. But of course, when when this league splits, they'll uh, they'll be in the top. You know, they'll be able to find their respective ability um, after the seven games. You know, they'll, they'll play the the either the top four or the bottom four, depending on which half they're in. And you know, they should get some much more level games. But yeah. And uh, I'd say Bridge North will push them because they haven't got a Saturday third eleven. Yeah, so something to mention for anyone who may have missed it: these divisions Sunday in Telford, uh, they're going to uh, Sunday Central in the Telford East. Once they've played each other, they're going to be split, and they're going to play the top half and bottom half are going to play each other um, in their own mini group for the final few games. Uh, Jossa, Telford East. Uh, yeah. I, I go along with Matt in terms of Werfield thirds. I think Werfield, throughout the club, have got a very, very good um, winning attitude, if you like. I think first, second and third, so I, I back them. Um, in terms of one to watch, I think maybe Chalmarsh seconds. Having seen what their first have been doing, I'm going to back their seconds to, um, to give Werfield a run for their money. And Andy? Yeah, again, um, you've all sort of you've all said the same sort of thing about Warfield. Um, can't really look past them, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing how Chell Marsh twos get on actually. Definitely. And the final Sunday group: Sunday North and North West, which is four teams from Sunday Div One, which is knocking third eleven, Frankton third eleven, Oswestry third eleven, Whitchurch third eleven, and the two teams from Sunday Div Two which is Ellesmere, 3rd 11, and Knocking, 4th 11. So you're going to have the Knocking Derby in there, Knocking 3rds versus 4th. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that one goes down. Then you've got um, Frankton, who were up there last season, up there mixing it right until the very end. Um, you've got Whitchurch, 3rd 11, who um, were, came 2nd last season. So you'd probably be looking at them to be one of the big sides. You've got Oswestry third eleven who are newly promoted into Sunday Div One after their their newly formation into Sunday Div Two, and then you've got Ellesmere third eleven who had a mixed season last season and then knocking force. Now the one thing we do know about knocking sides is they are very popular and lots of people want to play for the Sunday teams at knocking compared to the Saturday teams. So they are going to be strong. So um, picks on that one, uh, Joss. I, I'm still trying to get my head around knocking threes, but knocking fours. <laughs> what, what, what rules will, will apply? But um, yeah, I absolutely agree with what you said about knocking, um, and I think I think they're going to win that league. Um, I think look out for Oswestry thirds. I think might be decent. And Matt. Uh, yeah, the whole knocking thirds versus knocking fours, well, that's a geographical thing. But of course, years ago, maybe thirds and maybe fours used to play each other. And I think uh, uh, Law 42B or whatever it's called, common sense generally rules with that one. So, um, uh, but uh, there's no, um, uh, I don't know if I can swear on here, but there's you no pee taking. Yeah, there's no piss takes generally with Definitely. that. So, um, uh, but yeah, I think what you guys have said, uh, knocking thirds would be up there somewhere. And. Uh, <laughs> Um, let's say it's any of those top four sides from the Division One half. Mm. I think really they're all very much of a much. Of... Andy, yeah, yeah. Obviously, knocking. I can't really look past them on on here, but uh, you know, with big sides uh, that have third teams like the likes of Whitchurch and Oswestry, 
you know, they're, they're not going to ever give up and they've got some good young kids. So I, I expect them to do pretty well in that league. So it's going to be interesting, as you say, knocking, playing, knocking. I think it'll be a real good fun day. So I hope they enjoy it. Yeah, and uh, completely agree. I think it's knocking, knocking is going to be a great tie. I think ones to watch out for are going to be Whitchurch. I think and Oddsstri are also going to be the team to watch out for. But yeah, as we've said, any of those top four are uh, knocking Franks and Oddsstri, Whitchurch are going to be up there for those. But yeah, and that rounds up our Sunday divisions. My final question is, guys, out of all the divisions that we've looked through, which is the one that you most that you think is going to be the most entertaining this season? We'll start with Matt. Out of all those divisions, uh, for me, uh, obviously I'd love to see the Ludlow teams do well, but uh, the one with the most local derbies is the Seven Valley League in my end. So I think that'll be the interesting one because you've got a nice mix of teams there. And uh, Joss, which leagues are you most looking forward to seeing how it goes down this season? Uh, to, to be honest, it's, from a selfish point of view, the board one. So I, like, I think that's where I'm going to be playing most of my games. And they're just really good fixtures. So I'm really looking forward to that. And Andy? Uh, both the Mike Robinson and the Chloe Smith leagues, really. Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see who does get into the final. And as far as I'm concerned, that final stays what personally I look forward to the most. And uh, hopefully I'll be playing in it. Mm. Yeah, and I completely agree. And for me, aside those groups, I think Telford and East is going to be really interesting. But also, I'm really interested to see what happens in those Division 2 groups. That's going to be really tasty for me. Some really good encounters there. So, yeah, that rounds up our pre-season preview. And let's move on to our final segment. Okay, so well done if you've made it this far and uh, now you are ready to kind of hit the streets with all your Shropshire Cricket League knowledge. Um, Yeah, just to let you know that obviously on Cow Corner we're going to keep you updated with our monthly updates of what's going on in the leagues. Uh, So feel free to send us your photos, your videos of things that are going on and your ideas for topics of things that are happening. If your club's in need of friendlies or in need of players, let us know and we'll happily promote that out there for you. But yeah, we've got the Cow Corner merch, as we've mentioned. And yeah, all I'd like to say really, apart from that, is make sure that you like, comment, share and subscribe. And thank you very much, guys, for taking the uh, time out to talk with me and especially Matt from coming from the league. I hope everyone's really enjoyed you coming on. Yeah, no. Oh, thank the committee members. Uh, I failed to mention Phil Parker earlier, who's also a Ludlow uh, committee uh, member, but fills in all the fixtures with Sean Southern from Kai Glass as well. So they need to have a shout out to uh, all their hard work in the past two weeks. So uh, well done to those guys. But yeah, thanks for having me. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing how it all pans out. And of course, it'd be nice uh, when we hopefully get to back to some normality in 2021. Um, so yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Yeah, it's, been, it's, one really, final... it's been really interesting getting um, the league perspective as well and your thinking behind the uh, splitting the division. So thanks for sharing that with us. It's been really good. Yeah, thank Not you, Matt. Problem. Appreciate all the work you've done, mate. Really good. Uh, yeah, well, it's all down to the, uh, the powers that be. But uh, from a publicity point of view, if you ever do use Twitter, at uh, uh, Shropshire CC League, and Henshaw's particularly our... Uh, uh, sponsor that'd be great if you post your scores or anything um, uh, it's always good for the exposure of the league um, brilliant All right thank you yeah no thank you Matt and hopefully we'll have you on again and thank you as always to my main men Joss Elliott 
and Andy Harrison. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers, Pleasure. guys. All the best. And we'll thank you guys for listening and we'll see you soon on another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 